0: This year, we're celebrating 20 years of Glass Tire. That means 20 years of Texas art coverage, 20 years of publishing writing from across the state, and 20 years of showing the world all Texas has to offer. Since our publication is a nonprofit, all of our work is made possible thanks to readers and listeners like you. If you'd like to help support our coverage, you can make a one time gift or become a sustaining donor by visiting glasstire.com forward slash donate. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's show. Hello everyone and welcome to Art Dirt. This is a podcast where we at Glass Tire talk about topical art topics. I am Brandon Zek and today we have a special Art Dirt because we are introducing a new Glass Tire staffer. Uh, On the pod today we have Jessica Fuentes who is Glass Tire's new news editor. Welcome Jessica.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, we're excited for our readers to have the chance to kind of get to know you and to introduce you to them. Uh, so, you know, in case anyone listening to this maybe didn't see the announcement earlier this week or doesn't know much about you or wasn't able to look at the announcement, would you like to take a second and just introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Jessica Fuentes, and I have been working in art education for about 15 years. Um I taught middle school art, I worked in museum education for a decade at the Dallas Museum of Art and the Amy Carter Museum of American Art. I'm also an artist here in Fort Worth. Um, I've been showing work for about a decade throughout North Texas. Um, So aside from art education um, and art production, I also serve on the board of Make Art with Purpose, a Dallas-based organization and Artes de La Rosa in Fort Worth. And one of my most exciting things that I've been doing over the last few years is serving on the Education Planning Committee for the Smithsonian Latino Center as they develop their new gallery that's opening next year.
0: So I feel like, I feel like it's fair to say, you know, based on your work at the DMA and your recent work at the Eamon Carter as well, I mean, you're, you're a pretty longstanding person in the DFW art community. Is, th- is that fair
1: i I, th- I think that's <laughs> fair to say it's weird to think about that um because I think mo- like most people um I just feel when I think about my life and myself i I still feel so young and and new at things um but then when I say things like I've worked in museums for 10 years um yeah I, I think I I have some roots in DFW and the art scene um I also was a member of 500X Gallery um, in in Dallas for a year a while back and and have some ties with F6 Collective in Fort Worth, so some longstanding ties here.
0: I would love for our readers uh, to get to know a little more about your role in museum education uh, because I I feel like, you know, when we hired you on and when, uh, when I've talked to a couple people about you and they've asked me about you and your background... I feel like the the tie between writing and criticism, and how that relates to education, is maybe a little uh, less obvious than it might seem. I, I I mean, I see I see a very visible tie, um, just in terms of you're talking to people about art and you're having to dissect and think critically and explain things in a way that is understandable or making complex concepts understandable um but i would love to know more and for our readers to learn more about uh, what you really were able to do at the dma and at the amon carter um i know you were involved uh, pretty significantly in creating a few visiting artist projects at uh, both museums what do you Talk a little bit about those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, being an artist myself, uh, one of the things that you know I, I would hear from other artists um, in the area is that you know they're showing in galleries, they're doing these projects, but you know how do they get involved with the local museums? Because the museums are such a resource for artists artists go to museums to be reinvigorated, to get inspiration, um, and to learn about what's happening and what has happened in the art world. Um, but there were a lot of questions about, well, how how can I participate in a different way with museums? Um, so, Working in the Center for Creative Connections at the Dallas Museum of Art was a really special place um, because they were engaging with artists. Um, I remember when I first started, um, the Center for Creative Connections was working with Annette Lawrence um, to install a, a collaborative work of art. And um, in my first year or so at the DMA, I invited local artists to lead workshops at the late night events called Late Night Art Bites. Um, And those were specifically art and technology focused. So after I was there for a couple of years, you know, we were thinking about how do we deepen that engagement for artists? That's where the idea for the C3 Visiting Artists Project came about. Um, So we took these opportunities and instead of inviting you know let's say 11 artists once a month uh, to come out to lead a workshop we restructured it so that we were inviting fewer artists but for deeper connections so at the time we invited four different artists to work with us for three months each throughout the year Um, and they would have the opportunity to create and install something that would be interactive for our visitors so it was both an opportunity for artists to create something that would be installed in the museum, but also an opportunity for visitors to interact with living artists, local artists, and come to understand art in a different way.
0: One of the things that I thought was really significant about both of these programs is the focus on local artists. I mean, like you mentioned local artists wanting to get involved with the local museum, uh, in smaller cities, I feel like that oftentimes is a lot more possible. But in places like Houston for the Museum of Fine Arts Houston or Dallas for the DMA, you know, larger institutions for local artists are oftentimes pretty impenetrable because generally how you would get involved with an institution is you would be a part of an exhibition or your work would be accessioned into a collection. And when these kind of larger, more encyclopedic museums are concerned, they're even though they're accessioning a lot of things, maybe they're a little more picky. Um, So, you know, artists who maybe aren't quote unquote far along enough in their career to have work acquired into a museum, I could, I could see how they would almost consider the museum a dead end. So opening up, especially we just announced on glass the most recent round of Carter community artists. Um, So at the Eamon Carter, this program is still going and it's, it's just really nice to be able to see Texas faces, Um, being a part of the museum discourse more frequently and i feel like dallas also has just really uh, dallas and fort worth both have really opened up to that in recent years the nasher with micro grants that they give to artists the dma with this program um that's that's an interesting thing that you've kind of helped shepherd along
1: yeah, I just felt like it was such an important thing, and um, and it's really been an honor to be a part of both um, the c 3 Visiting Artist Project and the Carter Community Artist as well. Um, and it was really interesting to come to the Amon Carter and take a similar idea, um, but fit it for that institution, right? Because obviously I didn't want to just replicate what I had uh, helped to create at the DMA, um, but instead, kind of think about the Amon Carter and their mission and their space and how we could work with local artists with that institution, because each institution is going to have a need, a different approach. Um, so, for example, the Dallas Museum of Art has the Center for Creative Connections, which is a huge space that is really experimental and, and can fluctuate in a lot of ways and the Amon Carter is much smaller of an institution, and they don't have the same physical space to be able to donate to working with uh, local artists. But they were embarking on these new community outreach initiatives, and working with local artists was a perfect opportunity to explore community outreach, to bring local artists out to school children to their after school programs um, for kids who maybe don't have an opportunity to come to the museum, to meet an artist, to learn about their process, to learn from them, and to meet an artist who looks like them, who's from Fort Worth. Um, it's just a really unique experience.
0: Well, I, I would like to, you know, continuing that idea, uh, one of the things that you and I share a little bit is I, I tour guided. Uh, at the Contemporary Arts Museum Houston and it was, you know, some tours for adults, but most of it were were tours for school groups that were coming through from kids from kindergarten to high school. Um and my own experience doing that was I I just to put it plainly, I really enjoyed it because it was it was talking to kids about art and these kids were completely unburdened with any of the normal hang-ups or opinions or you know uh, thoughts that we had in the art world it they they weren't they, they didn't have any hangups. that's really the best way to say it so you know i'd be I'd be in the museum and these kids would come in and we'd be going through the show, and this fourth grader would be like, I don't like that <laughs> and I'd just be like, you know that those were like my favorite moments of like. Okay, well, why don't you like it? And then to see their the look on their face, be like, uh, like, oh, I have to have a reason if I don't like something, and then to to be able to like foster that process along. Um, in a really interesting way, I, I found it to really help my writing because it's kind of like the adage of you don't know something very well. You don't really understand it unless you can explain it in simple terms. And I found that to be the case with these exhibitions and with art in general for these kids. Like unless I really knew this art frontwards and backwards, I wouldn't be able to explain the basic root concept to them. And that in a really interesting way just helped kind of uh, focus my writing whenever I would write about other exhibitions of almost just picturing like I was trying to learn about this so that I could explain it to someone who had no concept of engaging with it. Um, that That's my kind of long, long-winded thought about this, but I would like to hear what you think of how this kind of educational background and working in education has really uh, how it applies to your writing or how you might see it applying to your work at glass tire moving forwards
1: yeah well i definitely agree with you you know walking around the museum leading tours of young children or even when i walk around with my own children it's so insightful to hear their thoughts about works of art and to kind of go through the process of interpreting a work of art with them um, can be really eye-opening and and help you see something from an unexpected perspective. So after I taught middle school art for four years, um, I made the decision to go to grad school to get my master's in art education. And um, I decided to write my thesis with my, at the time, four-year-old daughter. She was my co-researcher because... You know, seeing the museum through her perspective was something I had never considered before I came to grad school. Um, So we did things from, you know, taking photographs of what she sees at her height, looking up at a work of art that's small and, and covered by glass, you know. Sometimes she couldn't even see the works of art, and I didn't realize that until I got down on her level. Exploring the museum and writing about our experiences together was a really great opportunity for us to bond and for me to learn more about art museums from a children's perspective. I would say that my master's work really put me on this path of writing. So I when I was at UNT, I actually took classes with uh, Dr. Terry Barrett, who literally wrote the book on criticizing art. Um, And many of the classes that I took with him were about narrative inquiry um, and and critical writing about art. So those classes have really shaped and informed the way that I write, the way that I think about art, and even working in museum education. um, There's been a lot of opportunities for me to hone my writing skills through writing for blogs, for the Dallas Museum of Art when I worked there, or um, writing for Art Museum Teaching, which is a national blog about art museum education, Um, or even writing and editing dozens of school tours. So writing has been kind of in the background of everything that I have done over the past decade. Um, It's been a constant effort of how I think about and shape um, the lessons that we're teaching the works of art that I'm learning about I've done everything from writing labels in the Center for creative connections um, to writing school tours and recently I've written a few articles that have been published um, in national publications as well
0: being uh, working for a museum and also engaging on uh, on a very personal and working level with so many artists you you are really someone who's had a lot of experience looking at art, which I mean, which when you start to think about arts writing or criticism or anything like that, like that's, that's really the foundation and the bedrock for, um, for, well, starting to do it successfully or successfully, or even considering starting to do it because it's just a visual knowledge and a visual vocabulary that you have to uh, base everything else off of. Um, so this, (laughs) This is kind of a, a weird question, but I actually, I saw it in a, an interview uh, recently that was published in the Guardian with the art critic, Dave Hickey. Um, I wrote an obituary for Dave because he just uh, died. Um, and I, I thought this t- to be maybe one of the more interesting questions to ask someone who really likes to engage with art and engages with art on a meaningful level. So, I'll I'll ask a paraphrased version of it to you. Um, when you see or when you look at a work of art, what's happening in like your mind or in your body as you're engaging with it?
1: Oh, that's a really interesting question. I don't know if I've considered that very much, but let me let me kind of think through the process. For me, when I when I come to a work of art. The first thing that I I can't stop myself from doing, right, is to to look closely. That's what we always, you know, say on our tours, look closely, right? Um, To let my eyes kind of wander um, and see and take notice of what I'm drawn to and why I'm drawn to it. I try to approach works of art without making too many assumptions, but just taking it in. And then from there, I start to pick out and think about things that I recognize and how and think about how I relate to them. I guess for me, looking at art tends to be very personal. Um, so I think about uh, personal connections to my past, uh, to my interests, um, and then. Once I kind of dive through that personal journey, um, then I try to, like, step outside of that and think bigger and think about um, how this work of art relates to, you know, the larger art canon, how it relates to society and the world at large and the time that it came out of. Um, I don't know. Is that is that kind of where you... <laughs>
0: I I didn't know what the answer was going to be in all honesty. So yeah, sure, that was exactly what I was <laughs> expecting. <laughs> um what about when you're talking to or engaging with artists because, you know, part of this is uh working with artists in these educational capacities. You know, you've really and, and being an artist yourself too. Um you really know what like the artistic process of creation is like and you've seen it in action in multiple different ways and in multiple multiple different people's ways of working um, So what do you look for whenever you you know go to an artist show or go in and do a studio visit like what's going through your mind as you're engaging with artists themselves?
1: I guess when I'm engaging with artists and and let's say I'm looking at a body of work, right, whether that's um, on view in a gallery or as part of a studio visit. The first thing I'm I'm looking at and thinking about is connectivity, through lines, um, the similarities that I see. Um, And I try to come to conclusions on my own first. Before diving into conversations with artists. I think that's also part of the art educator side of me um, where (laughs) we focus so much on personal interpretation rather than context. Um,
0: That's so interesting that that's part of the focus because, you know, I feel like oftentimes (laughs) I'm thinking of exhibitions where every uh, work in the exhibition has you know, a a 250 word label attached to it that, but like so much of arts writing and criticism is based on visceral reaction and how the work, how, how a reaction is to a work and what the, what the work makes you feel. I know a, a lot of my writing comes off of, you know, it's not necessarily based in pages and pages of theory, but it's based on the work itself and feeling what the work does to, your emotions and your body and how the work sits in a space. Um, and I, I am just now realizing those connections because you're pointing that out. That's kind of the, the route that museum education has been taking recently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, for the last couple of decades, there has been a huge step away from these kind of didactic tours um, that maybe people expect when they go to a museum into um, more um, to more open-ended tours uh, where people come together to talk about and look and think and and really have a dialogue about personal connections and about personal interpretations and um, and yes, context is important and we do always include that at some point, but we don't start there. So it's starting with that visceral personal, Um, experience and then kind of building out and and adding on the context and reconsidering it now in a new light.
0: Yeah Um, I do want to give you a a chance to talk about your own work as an artist if you'd like to. Um, I mean you've uh, done a uh, done some videos and done like photographic medium but Would you like to talk about, you know, any recent projects that you've done or kind of the arc of what you've been looking at in your work?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I have been a photographer for a long time. I think I took my first photography class in middle school um, when I was... In middle school, fighting to not not be an artist, I thought, well, I'm going to take photography and wood shop and tech lab
0: because and- those aren't art. Because those aren't art. They're not art.
1: <laughs> those aren't <laughs> art. Um, and of course, yeah, I had no idea what I was <laughs> what I was fighting against at the time. Um, but yeah, I've I've had a camera in my hand for more than half of my life now, and um, I've always. Used cameras to record things to document things. Um, I've seen myself as kind of a, a documentary photographer. but then part of my process is that i I take those images and I manipulate them and sometimes I do that in camera um, through in camera double exposures. sometimes I do that digitally um, to create those kind of layers um, of of overlapping images. Sometimes I do it physically by printing on uh, transparency paper and overlapping multiple transparent images. Um, and it and it's because it invokes this idea of memory and the distortion of memory over time. Um, that's always been something that's important to me. And and just recently, maybe within the last few months, I've kind of discovered why that might be uh which is that okay breakthrough (laughs) yeah major life breakthrough (laughs) have you heard of aphantasia
0: i can't say i have
1: so apparently most people can visualize an image i did not know that (laughs) when when you say imagine you're on a beach i imagine the feeling of being on a beach I can't recall images, and that's what aphantasia is. It's the inability to visualize things. So for me, photographs help cement those memories. Um, so the act of photographing something helps to cement my memories, and then the process that I take my art through helps to kind of mimic um the ephemerality of memories for me, yeah, so that that was a a new breakthrough recently um I had just always imagined that most people couldn't visualize things like me, and that that was just kind of a a, a non literal phrase that was that was used often um so yeah, so that's been kind of a a breakthrough and and, um, and I think it helps to kind of understand my own work and, and explain my own processes a little bit. Um, so recently, um, in August, I, I was um, honored to be asked to be a part of a public art exhibition in Fort Worth um, that was video projections. And the pieces that I put together, um, my video pieces were called All Things Appear and Disappear. And it's about that same kind of ephemerality. And I took these um, film film photographs that were taken, you know, across decades of time um, and layered them and had them, you know, slowly come onto the screen and slowly disappear from the screen. Um, but everything from images of Galveston, which is where I was born and, and have visited four times a year for my whole life. Um <laughs> So, you know, seeing places change and shift over time two images of my family, um, watching my children grow up and, and seeing them change over time. So these different kinds of markers of time um, were, were what I displayed in those videos.
0: That's really interesting. And uh, your work is on your website, if any of our, <laughs> if any of our listeners want to uh, learn more.
1: Yeah, you can go to (laughs) (laughs) jessicafuentes.com.
0: Before we finish up, uh, I want to ask you what you're really excited about and what you're looking forward to. I mean, not just necessarily in Glass Tire, but any shows, any wider things, I don't know, movies, music, books? What, 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 what's, what are you really looking forward to right now?
1: Oh, let's see. There's so many things on the list. Um, well, I'll start with artistically for me real quick, cause we were just talking about that. Um, I'm excited cause this spring I've got a few shows coming up. Um, maybe the most exciting one is that I was asked by a UT Dallas professor, Frank DeFore to show a video piece alongside some of his students in a cave in Nice, France. So, um, as part of the Spring of Poets. So that's happening in March, and I'm very excited about that. Um, Other things that I'm excited about? Well, I'm excited, of course, about this new role with Glass Tire. can't wait to really hit the ground running and, and spend some more time um, outside of Fort Worth, taking in art across the state um, and, and really seeing what's happening in, in all of the different cities from El Paso to Brownsville to <laughs> Amarillo. It's just such, Texas is such a big state and so much is happening. Um, so I'm excited to really take some time. To, to see it all and, and to bring to light the different things that I see.
0: Great. I know our readers are looking forward to meeting you out and about. And, uh, thank you so much for taking a second to chat. You, you aren't going to be an art dirt stranger. Now you'll, you'll be on sometimes. So listeners, you'll, uh, you'll hear Jessica's voice more often. I can't wait. Yeah. And with that, uh, Thank you everyone for listening this week. Um, The holidays are coming up and bearing down fast, but there are still quite a few shows that are either opening or are still on view that are worth seeing. We're still publishing news and features on glass tire. So if you need any recommendations, uh, check out the website and until then uh, go see some art. This podcast was recorded by Glass Tire and edited by William Saradette. Copyright Glass Tire 2021.